Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Deaths. What are they, and what do they tell us about the epidemic? Seasonality. How much of a role is it playing in the spread of coronavirus, COVID-19 to be specific? Don't do your own research. Beware of the facts. These are real, actual headlines by the so-called media. We'll talk about why they are in full-on panic mode. Coming up today here on Beyond the Fold, I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. Thank you for giving me a listen here in episode two. I apologize. I missed last week. Life got in the way. Did not get a chance to record. But here we are. Saved myself. Hopefully some uh, interesting content that will help you along this journey. We are being disarmed in more ways than one. Knowledge is power. They do not want you armed because that hurts the narrative, hurts the agenda. So today I have a few topics that I think will be important. Look, you guys and gals need to spread the word because this, you know, I I get this question a lot. A lot of people have asked me, why am I spending so much time on this? And really, the answer I give them is it just seems like a trivial topic, right? Why are we arguing about how many people are really dying? Why are we arguing about the inconvenience of wearing masks and these short-term mitigation strategies? But it's the bigger picture here because if they can take over and control every little aspect of our lives, so much to the so where so much so where they're mandating wearing masks and, and finding people for not doing so. And I know that's not going on everywhere, but we are hearing reports of it going on in some places. Miami setting up undercover sting operations to cite people for not wearing masks. So this is happening. And if it can happen with a lie, and when I say lie, I do not mean that the virus is a hoax. I'm just saying it's not being truthfully reported or covered or fed to the public in, a, in an accurate representation. Okay. And if that can happen, with something like this, we need to stand up because we need to force them to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Because if they don't, they will use this, this crisis. They will use it to consume our lives and take freedoms from us, take liberties from us. And that's what's happening. And that's what this is really about. The Beyond the Fold podcast is on most of your favorite podcasting platforms. Of course, it's on SoundCloud. You're probably listening now. Some of you might be aware it's also on Apple iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio, I believe now. Uh, It was supposed to be, if it's not already. Last I checked, I was still waiting, but I think it's live now. It's definitely on Spotify. It will be on Google soon. Some of your favorite podcasting platforms, most of them, it is already up and running. So listen, excess deaths. I mentioned that, and this is a really important topic. I've been talking about it on Twitter. And Ethical Skeptic, you may follow him on Twitter, at Ethical Skeptic. He's a great follow, a really intimidating follow, because he is very analytical. His charts and graphs and his information is so highly technical. It's very, very in-depth. It's really intimidating, even for the very, very bright, intelligent um People that are in the data analytics field, even for some of them, it can be a little bit on the intimidating side. I'm not going to not going to lie about that. Fair warning. 
when you take a dive, it's going to require a lot of critical thinking. But that's good, despite what the media tells you. And we will talk about that later. It is good to have critical thinking. There is an all-out assault on rationality and common sense right now. The media doesn't want you to look at data and analysis because we will expose the truth. And that's exactly what we are doing. And that's why you're seeing all of these assassinations by the media right now. These, these opinion editorials are coming out against rational thinking, against research and common sense and data analysis. And excess deaths is another thing that tells the story. This is something that's really important because it's going to tell us how much of a lie COVID-19 was in a year or two. And when I say lie, again, it's not that the virus isn't real. It is. It's a real virus. The, the data tells us, it proves us that. There are people dying more than normal right now. But excess deaths is important because here's the concept. The CDC tracks weekly average number of deaths by state and the nation as a whole, the United States. In a typical flu season, early on, January, February, March, an average about 54, 55, 56, 57,000, maybe 58 or 59,000 in a really bad flu season are going to die. That's because of flu, pneumonia, and other colds and viruses that, that go around during the season. Heart conditions are worse. There's more people dying of heart attacks in flu season. And a lot of that is correlation to the flu. Because, by the way, cold viruses and the flu also take away years of life. People die more often and people die more, more frequently as well as earlier because of cold viruses and the flu. So you're going to see in a flu season 58 thousand fifty nine thousand die in an average week in the united states this time of year when you get into the summer that number goes down to about 54 53 52,000 okay that's the average the cdc defines excess deaths by using five-year averages for that calendar week and they establish a threshold of what a normal high level of deaths would be for that week using confidence intervals. And also they adjust for population. I believe that they do. I'm pretty sure it would make sense that they do. I was told that they do, but I haven't actually seen that in print on the CDC website, but I do believe they just for population because five years ago, the population obviously would have been less than it is now. Popula population five years ago would have been about 323, 324,000. It's about or million, I should say. And it's right now about 334, 335 million. So it's gone up about 10 million in five years. So naturally, you have to adjust for population when you're looking at average thresholds. So the principle is this. If 54,000 people die on an average week, the second week in July, or the, we'll say the, what is it, 32nd week of the year, 31st week of the year, 30th week of the year, something like that. If an average of 54,000 people die in an average 30th week of the year, and they set the, the, the excess threshold at 55,000, it would be about 56, I think, then that means however many deaths in that week occur above the 56,000 threshold, 
that is what it is an excess death. So if there are 58,000 deaths in a week where the excess threshold is 56,000, you have 2,000 excess deaths. The reason that is important then is because we can kind of look away from the coding for COVID-19, okay? This is the most liberally coded pandemic virus condition we have ever had in the history of mankind, period. There's just no debating this. Everything they can possibly count as COVID-19, somebody dying with COVID-19, is being coded as from COVID-19. And we know that that is just simply not true. They've coded things that shouldn't be coded, like motorcycle accidents and scooter accidents and people falling in their homes, the elderly falling and dying. That's being called COVID deaths. We, we know that's happening. We, we've seen documentation of it in different jurisdictions, okay? It's the most liberally coded condition ever. So we can set that aside, and by looking at the total number of people dying, we can go back later and look at individual conditions, and then we can get a good idea, a good estimation of how many people are actually dying from COVID-19. I don't know the exact number yet. It's going to be a couple of years before we can go back and really analyze this to be more precise. But here's what I can tell you right now. I've got a good idea, and this is going to be kind of a big ballpark, so you'll have to forgive me. We know right now the official number of COVID-19 deaths is a little over 150,000, and I can tell you that that is not accurate. I can't tell you exactly how many, but I can tell you it's not 150,000, and here's how I know this. Tracking the CDC excess deaths number so far, about 80% of the deaths that have been certified by the CDC are excess. So out of 150,000, and right now the CDC is actually only certified less than 140,000, but out of 150,000, that means roughly 120,000 are excess. So those other 30,000 we know right off the top are probably deaths from other causes that the CDC the states individually have been certifying as COVID-19 deaths, but we're not probably COVID-19. They were with COVID-19, but they were not from. So we're down to 120,000 out of 150,000, okay? Because that means if those other 30,000 are not excess, that means they're routine and they're normal and they're not above average deaths. That means that they probably were not from a different cause. They were probably naturally occurring deaths that would have happened with or without COVID-19. I hope I'm making sense so far. So we're down to about 120,000. If you follow Ethical Skeptic in a conversation that he had with another media member, Jesse Gestetner, on Twitter on Sunday, according to Ethical's calculations, and he did this using various media reports, the CDC Wonder underlying death database He's got this well-sourced. Look at his graphic. Go to Ethical Skeptic on Twitter and take a look at this. Sunday afternoon, he posted this. He breaks down all of what he calls the lockdown deaths. And these are deaths that were occurring above normal because of the lockdown. We're talking about extra heart attacks for people that didn't make it to the hospital. We're talking about people that didn't have cancer screenings on time, may have passed away from cancer so far. We're talking about suicides, overdoses, all of the factors that go into play for why people are passing away at an above average rate 
because of the lockdowns and various disruptions we've had to society. He has added all that up. And I know some of you are thinking right now, the, the, you, those of you that have already looked at this a little bit, you're thinking, well, what about car accidents? What about other type of accidents, right? Some of these situations, some of the accidents are actually lower than normal. That's a very, very important point. Car accidents average about 40,000 for an entire year. Ethical Skeptic took the accidents into play. He took other medical situations that would cause accidents that are lower because of fewer people going out. What he found was there were about 7,000 fewer accidental deaths than normal and 47,000 lockdown deaths higher than normal, which net to about 40,000 lockdown deaths. So his calculations put us about 40,000 deaths higher than normal for this time of year. That would be February through current, which is now August 3rd. So what that means... We had 120,000 excess deaths, but 40,000 of them were due to lockdowns. What that means is we have a net of about 80,000 deaths that are excess, which are probably attributed to COVID-19. See how that works? We had 120,000 excess deaths, but 40,000 net were on account of COVID, or I'm sorry, on account of lockdowns. And that leaves us with approximately 80,000 deaths. So what that tells us is 80,000 out of 150,000, probably only a little over half of the reported deaths from COVID-19 are actually from COVID-19. So what that means is the other 70,000 were liberally coded people that would have died from any other causes, but just happened to have COVID-19 and got counted as a death. My personal estimation, and this is just a guess, and, and Ethical did the work on this. I was saying probably 60% to 75% were of, of the reported deaths were actually from COVID-19. This analysis suggests it's around 53 55%, but that's in the ballpark. I've been saying 60 70 75 This would put us around 53 to 55%. So when it's all said and done... What we're looking at is a virus that is killing somewhere in the neighborhood of a really bad flu season. And that's what we said all along. Some of us did anyway. It's interesting because I did this calculation. Even if you ignore that probably half of these deaths are being overcoded, for people under retirement age, that is 64 years and younger, the infection fatality rate right now, if you assume eight times the number of cases being infections, and that's based on serology studies. We, we think that infections are at least eight or ten times higher than confirmed cases. We'll go conservative, and we'll say eight, eight times. If we go eight times cases being the number of infections, the infection fatality rate based on deaths for 64 years and younger is 0.1%, which is right along with what the flu is. So 64 and under 0.1%, and that's if we assume every single death is legit, and it's probably a little over half that. So we're looking at 0.05%, most likely, maybe even a little less, being the true infection fatality rate for under-retirement age. 
Folks, this is being blown way out of proportion. We are treating cases like they are Ebola. We are treating cases with shock and horror and, and being in awe every time we see another celebrity or athlete or just anybody from any walk of life when we see these 2,000 new cases, the record-setting new cases every single day. People are still reacting like this is the most incredible killer ever in the, in the history of our, our world. And it's just not. It's, it's a bad virus that kills the at-risk, the people that are vulnerable, that already have underlying conditions. It's dangerous to some people, yes. But for most people, you're not going to get sick. Most of those people that do are not going to be severely ill. Most of the people that are are going to get through it. It's just not that dangerous to most people. We have to look at the numbers. We have to look at the context. I think that there is some seasonality here, and, and seasonality is another important distinction. We, we're seeing this in Japan right now. Everybody was trumpeting Japan. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people were trumpeting Japan as, oh, they did it right because their mitigation strategy, their lockdowns, their masks, they wear masks. And by the way, just a year ago, Japan went through a really bad flu season. I don't know if you saw this, but you, you can look this up on Google and, and in the headlines. You can go back to 2019 flu season. They got it pretty rough over there with the flu. They had a lot of people pass away. A lot of people get sick. It was a really high, bad flu season. And everybody was wearing masks because they usually do. That's their culture. The masks were trumpeted along with the mitigation strategy as why Japan was not getting hit very hard. Because it was easy to do because it, Hong Kong was not getting hit. Taiwan, South Korea, North Korea had not reported any cases. Not that you can believe anything from North Korea. But the whole Pacific Rim had been sheltered, and it was leading people to believe that masks were the answer. Well, well, well. Not to get down the mask road again, because I did that last week, but I am saying Japan now, the last three days, have they've been skyrocketing for the last several weeks, okay? They're slowly climbing, and the last three days have been over 1,100, 1,300, and 1,500 new cases in a day. Before, there for a while, they were getting 30 or 40 new cases a day. Clearly, it is spreading in Japan. Hong Kong is seeing cases go, go up. Taiwan, South Korea is seeing a few extra cases. Philippines is getting hit really hard now. Indonesia is getting hit hard. Philippines, by the way, as I mentioned on Twitter and on the pa in the past uh, Beyond the Fold podcast, Philippines was the most compliant, cited by the New York Times in a survey, the most compliant mask-wearing country in the world. Japan is up there, too. But Philippines is getting hammered. Japan is seeing a lot of cases. Now, Japan, let's, let's be fair. Right now, 1,500 cases a day is a small amount for their population. And so far, we have not seen the climb in, in deaths. But we might start to see that in the next week or two as we've been seeing this climb in cases for a, a couple weeks. So it hasn't hit Japan hard, and, and hopefully it won't. But that is the, the deaths will lag a little bit. So we'll see what happens with Japan. But all of this to say, seasonality may be playing a role because all of those Pacific Rim countries that simply were not getting touched are all of a sudden getting hit now at the same time. And we're seeing this theme all over again. And there is a theory out there called the Hope Simpson theory. And this is basically, 
it, it's not really groundbreaking. The premise of it is that the flu and other viruses are seasonal. A lot of them are based on solar patterns. And I can tell you, if you look at my data and you go on Twitter at KYLAM8, you can see some of the patterns I posted about this in the past. It's very much you look at the sun and where it is in relation to the earth, where the sun shines. The solstice, the June solstice, June 20th of this year, the sun was most direct over the Tropic of Cancer, which is the 23.5 degree north latitude. And when you see the patterns of, of countries as well as states broken down by latitude, you really see a group pattern. When you put them all together and see the cases and the deaths climb by date, the southern countries, especially the tropical regions around the equator and up to 23.5, both north and south degrees, those countries didn't get hit very hard in April or May. They really started climbing in late May and June and then have hit their peak after the June solstice and taken off. The 23 to 35 degree countries and southern states, by the way, and those southern states are Southern California, Texas, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, Alabama, all of those states, they are below 35 degrees. We're seeing the same pattern. They started to peak in mid to late June, around the June solstice, and now around mid-July, they're all starting to fall off. Arizona has fallen off a lot. Texas and Florida are starting to show the downward climb in cases and hospitalizations. Southern California has plateaued and looks to be getting ready to go down as well. This doesn't mean that deaths are going to fall off immediately. It's going to take a few weeks. The people that are still in the hospital that have fallen gravely ill, those people will continue to pass away for a few more weeks. The reports will still trickle in. You won't see them fall immediately off. The deaths will still come in for another week or two. But we're seeing that pattern among all, almost all of the southern states. Now, not exact, but most of them are within a week of each other. And this suggests seasonality. Because again, no matter where you are on the globe, where you are in this world, doesn't matter if you wore masks, doesn't matter your mitigation strategy. Did you issue a stay-at-home order? Did you stay at home? How many businesses shut down? None of that has shown an impact, has stopped the virus from spreading. And I don't, I don't want to be one of those defeatists where it's just like, well, the virus is going to get you no matter what. But there is an element of truth to it. The virus is more powerful than any of us. We're not able to stop it. It remains to be seen how much we can slow it down, maybe get in its way for a little while. But you have to ask yourself, is that really worth it? Let's say we can only slow it down. We can't stop it. Do you really want to delay the inevitable? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be doing this another year from now. I want us to take our medicine, be like Sweden, just accept the virus is going to spread, try to protect the vulnerable, protect the elderly, the high risk of the population. Let's protect those people best we can. And let's just get this thing burn out. Let it die down. If there's a herd immunity uh, factor in play, if it's 15 or 20% of the population getting it and then it burning out, if that's, if that's true, let's do that. Let's get our herd immunity. Let it die out. And I don't know that that's the case because herd immunity could be disguised as seasonality. 
when we think that it's burning out at 15 to 20 percent of the population being exposed, that could just be a matter of timing because it could be the sunlight, the radiation, the Earth's natural spin, whatever is going on there with seasonality. It could be looking like herd immunity and we could be confusing the two. I happen to think it's both. I think herd immunity is true and I think seasonality is true, but I don't know where the line is drawn between the two. We just have to keep watching that. But I want to be somebody that says, we can't stop this thing, so let's not delay the inevitable. Let's responsibly let this thing do its, its you know, run its course, protect the people that need protected, and let's get this thing over with and go on with our lives. And there's not enough people that understand that. They're trying to play politics. And we're trying, I know I'm trying like heck, to get the data out there and show what it what it's really saying because the media and politicians, the politicians don't want you to know the truth. They want to look like heroes. And that's why they're instituting the masks policies, the lockdowns. They want to be reelectable and they want to look like they're doing something for the people and they're willing to lie and exaggerate the truth in order to do it. I'm just trying to get, I'm one of those people that I just want to show what the data shows I want to hold people accountable, especially in public office, but I want to hold the media accountable because they're not being honest. And they've noticed. And that's why they are firing right back at data people. Last week, it was an article on Forbes, an opinion piece. Don't research. Only experts should research. Made it very, very clear. And we know there's an assault on experts. It's funny how subjective that term has become. What's an expert exactly? It's no longer somebody that's in the profession. It's, it's whether you agree with them or not. Because we saw what happened to the doctors that said hydroxychloroquine is safe and is working on COVID-19 patients. Those people have been censored by YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. All the social media sites are coming after those people, and they're deleting, blocking, and banning people for sharing it. They're, they're not experts, apparently, because the experts say so. There was an article on Yahoo with the headline, Experts say those people, yes, they're, they may be real doctors, but they're not experts. Experts say they're not experts. How does that work exactly? It's funny that experts have become subjective. You can now pick your experts. You can pick the winners. And that's what they are doing. The media is noticing the truth is coming out. They notice people that are doing diligent research they're analyzing, they're digging up facts that the, the journalists are too lazy to do or dishonest, one of the two. They're dishonest by their laziness. If, if they're not meaning to be dishonest, their laziness and their unwillingness to do the research makes them dishonest. So Forbes, don't do your own research. Only experts are supposed to do that. The Atlantic coming out Sunday with an even better one. Beware of facts guy. Beware of the people doing the research. Beware of the ones that are showing hospitalization trends. Beware of the people that are giving you the facts, the truth. Beware of these people. Don't listen to them. It's ironic because the Atlantic runs the COVID tracking project, CTP. Some of you probably rely on it for data. It's a great resource, but they're dishonest too. These people are not telling you the truth. If you pay attention to their Twitter feed, and, and I really feel bad for you if you do. 
you'll notice that they're not honest. Despite, you know, look, I think that their numbers are trustworthy. I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're doing anything shady with the numbers. The numbers are just taken from the state websites, the Department of Health, the 50 states plus DC, some of the territories. They're just grabbing data, data mining. I don't think there's anything, any shenanigans going on there. But when you pay attention to the COVID tracking project feed, these people have an agenda. They have a narrative that comes out with the Atlantic. The opinion editorial pieces written by the Atlantic show very much these people do not want you having the truth. And that is why they would publish such a heinous article. Beware of fact, guys. It's, it's honest, it, or it's clear as mud. It's, it's clear as day. These people are not wanting people to do the research because the agenda with this virus, this disease, goes away when people are armed. As I said, knowledge is power. They want you going into battle being dumb, gullible, and stupid. They do not want you having information, and that's why people like me are enemy number one. They don't want people like us operating because then we would have an educated public, and we can't have that. So I'm going to ask you to do this. If you believe that anything you're being told is not truthful, if you think there is exaggeration going on, if you think that this has been politicized, if you think, if you value any of your freedoms and, and your rights, please, please spread the word. Don't go down the rabbit hole of calling this a complete hoax, because I think that gives the other side license to misinterpret the intentions here. So please be very, very specific about your misgivings. Please be very upfront and make sure that you are careful about the terminology you use to describe their efforts. If you go down the, the, the road of calling this a conspiracy or a hoax, it discredits the whole thing. And I'm not saying that there's no way that any of this is a conspiracy or that there might not be ulterior motives here. I just don't know. That's not my claim. But even if that's the case, be very careful about how you describe this. There is a virus. That much is indisputable. We can also say that the virus is being exaggerated. In terms of risk, in terms of who's dying, how many people are dying, it is being exaggerated. But stick to what we know. Call them out for the numbers that are not being reported correctly and phrase it correctly. Phrase it in a very distinct way that cannot be left open to interpretation as to what your intentions are. Spread the word. Make sure people know about this. We have to step up our game because there are people that are not being upfront or honest, and that is showing in the number of uh, we're seeing curfew while or we're seeing curfews pop up bars closing down early they're trying to shut down gyms and restaurants and movie theaters again they're trying to take things away and we shouldn't be going in reverse we've already learned that lockdowns are deadly they're not helpful we can't be going backwards so help me help you help us let's all help each other spread the good word excess deaths that's a great topic right now. Do some more research. Don't take my word for it. Look into excess deaths, seasonality. Follow my Twitter at KYLAMA. I've discussed a lot 
over the last six to eight weeks about seasonality. We'll do this together. We'll spread the, spread the information despite the misgivings of the media. We will do our own research. We will be facts guys and gals because we owe it to the truth and to facts and data, not to agendas or narratives. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Fold podcast. I am Kyle Lamb. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Make sure you follow the show. Spread the word to friends and family members that would like to listen to COVID-19 reality, to real truth, stuff that you won't hear from the journalists and the media. We are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We publish on SoundCloud. We're on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio for now, Google, and more platforms coming very soon. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody.